Hi, and welcome to Better Than New, the podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and as spring weather begins to heat up heading into summer, I'm noticing a lot more interesting used cars come up for sale on AutoTrader, Facebook Marketplace, and Craigslist. But I'm also noticing a disturbing trend for some of these vehicles that's made worse by the high average prices buyers are paying for both new and used cars. And I refer to this problem as base car inflation, where some sellers are inflating the asking prices of basic models of popular used cars, even though they don't deserve that higher valuation. Now, just because the the top-of-the-line, high-performance version of a particular model of used car is popular and buyers are willing to pay more money for those models, that doesn't mean the base model should go up in price at the same percentage rate as the popular models. And yet, some people are trying to milk that cow for all it's worth. So in a moment, I'll try to save you some money by reviewing a couple of examples of used vehicles I recently found for sale that fit into this base car inflation category. I'll tell you what's wrong about the pricing on those, and I'll talk about what you should watch out for when you're shopping for a used vehicle so you don't pay too much for a base model example. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. So if you've been shopping for a used car lately, you've probably seen this base car inflation problem pop up before. But if you're not quite sure what it is, I think the best way to explain it is to give you a hypothetical example of a specific car that came in various forms and how the top-selling, highest-performance version of that car has impacted and artificially raised the prices of the lower-end models. Now, you're probably familiar with the Nissan 300ZX sports car sold in the U.S. from 1990 to 1996. This car was sold in several forms. There was the the top-of-the-line two-seat 300ZX Turbo, with a 300-horsepower twin-turbo V6. There was also a normally aspirated, or non-turbo, 300ZX that made 222 horsepower. And there was also a longer wheelbase 300ZX 2 Plus 2, with some small seats in the back that were really more ideal for children or really tiny adults. Now today, a used 300ZX turbo model is the most desirable version of this sports car. Next would be that non-turbo 300ZX, and finally that non-turbo 2 Plus 2 version. While it's still a great car, it's typically considered to be less desirable for most enthusiasts, so we'll call that one sort of third on the list. So back around May of 2018, you could buy a driver-conditioned version of that top-of-the-line 300ZX twin-turbo for about $10,000. But not long after that, prices started to rise, and by July of 2022, that same car would cost you about $30,000. Yep, the twin-turbo 300ZX literally popped in price. It went up by a 3x multiple. But in lockstep, the asking prices for many of the normally aspirated 300ZX models, including the 2 Plus 2, went up as well. Now the question is, should those non-turbo 300ZX models go up in price at the same rate as the turbo model? Well, the answer is no. And in reality, it took much longer for the actual selling prices of the normally aspirated 300ZX models to rise. But back in summer of 2020, there were some normally aspirated 300ZXs that were advertised on the internet with just crazy prices. I mean, like insanely expensive for what you were getting. Now what does that mean? 
Well, according to the Haggerty Insurance Price Guide, a normally aspirated or non-turbo 300ZX, not the 2 Plus 2, but just the regular two-seat model, should have been priced around $7,500 at that time for a driver condition example in summer of 2020. That was the real-world selling price of the car. But some car dealers on the internet and even some private party folks were asking crazy prices, like $20,000, $22,000, $25,000 for a car that was really more like $7,500 to maybe $10,000 in terms of value, and eventually went up to about thirteen five. dollars A driver quality 300ZX would be worth about thirteen five dollars ish today. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, depending on the miles and the condition, that sort of thing. But not 20, not 22, not 25. No, those kind of prices were really reserved for the 300ZX Turbo. So think of it this way. Just because the 300ZX Turbo triples in price, that doesn't mean a normally aspirated 300ZX or 300ZX 2 Plus 2 with, say, an automatic transmission should go up by the same percentage. It shouldn't. But that's the Jedi mind trick some people tried to play on buyers. But now that you know what to look for, you don't have to fall for it, right? Now, I'm sure some people did. And there's an old adage in the classic car market that says, you didn't pay too much, you simply bought too early. Now think about that for a moment. You didn't pay too much, you simply bought too early. Now, that might be true if everything goes up in value by the same percentage rate, but that's not always the case. And sometimes the features, the colors, the performance, etc. that made a car or truck desirable when new, those are the same features, colors, and performance that attract buyers of those vehicles today when they're for sale used, 10 to 15 to 20 years later. And in the case of the 300ZX, the thing people were willing to pay more for was horsepower. And you got 300 horses in the 300ZX Turbo, which was 78 more than you got with the normally aspirated 300ZX model. And that horsepower difference is why the turbo version will always be worth a lot more money than the non-turbo 300ZX. But horsepower isn't the only thing that adds value. Sometimes the things that make a car more desirable are more common features. Certain features are worth more in the long run than others, and one of the key examples of this is which transmission a car comes equipped with from the factory. That can be a really big differentiator in terms of value or price. Over time, popular cars with manual transmissions tend to be worth more than examples with an automatic. And yet, I often see versions of interesting cars I like that have the dreaded automatic transmission, but their asking price is closer to what a manual example should sell for. Okay, so here's an example that's for sale near me on Craigslist right now. It's a 1991 Toyota MR2 with a hardtop, not the T-top or not a sunroof. This is a very desirable sports car for many people, and especially drivers who like to use their car for things like autocross and other track day events. They like the idea of a steel roof because it should technically be a more rigid chassis. Now, personally, I like a hardtop, you know, no sunroof, no T-top, because it's just one less thing to fix or leak or break 30 years later, right? That said, this one does not have a sunroof and doesn't have a T-top. And with 111,000 miles on the odometer, this ad kind of starts out looking pretty promising. Now, this MR2 is white in color. 
with what I think is a blue interior, but it has some seat covers on it, so I'm not quite sure if the seats are in good shape. So that's a little sketchy, but uh, we'll keep moving. Still, the body's straight. appears to be damage-free. Also, this MR2 has had a recent timing belt and water pump replacement with receipts, so that's great. Uh, the title is clean, and the asking price is $8,800. So it's in the ballpark. It's interesting. But then you see it. The dreaded automatic transmission shift lever in the pictures. The bane of sports car lovers everywhere. Why? Well, back when this MR2 was new, an automatic transmission definitely wasn't the enthusiast's choice. It had one less gear than the manual, with kind of awkward gear spacing, and it robbed power off the line from the engine, resulting in acceleration times to 60 miles an hour that were maybe a second or more slower compared to manual examples. So while this might be a decent car, with the automatic, the price is, you know, optimistic. This car will never be worth as much as an MR2 with a manual. Now, you could do a transmission swap, of course, but, you know, that's an expensive option. Um, it's not something I recommend. And in my experience, I've seen cars that have gone through transmission swaps, and they're still not worth as much money. So your mileage may vary. You know, who knows? Now, and interestingly, uh, since I first saw this ad, this car has been reduced in price, I think about $1,000. So I think it's about 7700 now. I mean, seriously, an automatic. It's not worth the same. So don't overpay for an automatic version if you have to drive an automatic. If you just say, I'm not going to drive a manual. Okay, but don't overpay. You're just wasting your money. Now, the next car I want to tell you about is a 1996 Honda Civic Del Sol SI with 117,000 miles and a manual transmission. So it's got the manual. That's good. And it's interesting because I think the seller is hoping the interest in its higher horsepower VTEC sibling rubs off on this particular model, on this SI model, at least in terms of the price. Now, the asking price on this one is $11,814. Where do people get these prices from? This is weird. Anyway, uh, it's eleven eight. But instead of pumping out 160 horsepower, like the Honda Del Sol VTEC model, the SI model makes only 127 horsepower. Now, it's not bad, but it's not awesome. And because this SI model is missing that extra 33 horsepower kick to redline in the final 1500 RPM that the VTEC model offers when the variable valve timing kicks in, it just means this car is worth less. And, you know, that difference, that VTEC, is really the difference between a car that's fun to drive and a car that's fantastic. The Del Sol VTEC model <laughs> is much more fun to drive than the SI. I mean, one, one is really fun. The other one, it's fine. It's a nice little car. It's not bad. But I'd say this car really is more of an eight to $10,000 car. I think it's optimistic to be asking almost $12,000. Now, maybe they'll get it. Maybe they won't. It doesn't seem to be in super great shape. It's kind of a driver quality. But I wouldn't pay that much. And you shouldn't either. You know, it's not the top-end model. So... Whenever you're looking for a car, you need to be aware of which model is which and what features were offered and what makes a car popular today. Because if you think, oh, a Del Sol, if you got the base model Del Sol and you were thinking, oh, it's going to be worth what a VTEC is worth. Nope, it's not. There's a big difference. And people will pay for that VTEC engine that makes 160 horsepower. They're not going to pay as much for the SI. Sorry. 
So keep that in mind. Now, next up is a really nice early two-door Acura Integra LS. And this one is a 1993 model, and it has super low miles for a 30-year-old car. About 55,000 miles to be exact, and the condition seems to reflect that. It seems to be a really nice car. The only problem is this car is sort of basic. Now, sure, it comes with a lot of standard equipment that Acura offered at the time, like fog lights, power steering, electric windows, cruise control. But keep in mind that in 1993, there was one I would consider to be an important feature that is standard on cars today, but was optional in 1993 that I think you would miss if you didn't have it, if you were using this as more of a daily driver, kind of a regular driving thing. And what is that? It's air conditioning. Yeah, that's right. This Acura doesn't have AC, which seems crazy when the asking price is $14,995. I mean, that price is more like what you would pay for a driver quality second generation Integra GSR with VTEC and air conditioning. I mean, I would say in spite of the miles, this is really a $10,000 car. Sure, super low miles is great, but if you don't have some of the key features... Um, like AC. Now, this car does have a manual, so that's great. But man, I would miss air conditioning and I wouldn't pay 15000 for this. It's not a special model. It's just a 1993 Acura Integra LS. Now, you could always just close your eyes, ignore the price and buy this one. I guess because you never pay too much. You just bought too early, right? But I wouldn't do it. So, as you continue to search for your next used car or truck, try to avoid getting sucked into these Jedi mind tricks of paying too much for a lower-end version of a car or truck you like, but one that lacks the important features that really add value. Again, we're talking about, you know, the manual versus automatic transmission, the AC versus no AC, a turbo versus a non-turbo version, or any feature set that made the special versions special. If a car doesn't have those special features, you shouldn't be paying a special price for it. Or, on the flip side, if you don't mind giving up some features to own a base model of a used car you like, just make sure you negotiate a lower price if possible. And if not possible, if the seller's just stuck at that price and says, no, this is a great car, I'm not going to sell it for less, then you know what? Take a pass. Just pass on it. The next train will come along in 10 minutes. There will be a better car coming along soon. So just be patient. Ignore the ones that are overpriced and go for what you like. But don't pay too much. Okay? And with that, thanks for listening to this episode. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and follow this podcast so I can keep bringing you reviews of cool used cars, trucks, and SUVs at a price you'll love. Also, be sure to check out some of my other episodes, like the ones on the Saturn Sky Redline or Mazda Miata. Summer's nearly here, and it's convertible season. There's also the fun and frugal Fiat 500e, if you're considering the purchase of a used electric vehicle, or the Jeep Wrangler TJ, if you're looking for some off-road fun and a convertible top. And until next time, I'm Gary Crenshaw, this is Better Than New, and I'm really glad you came along for the ride.